What happens when a young woman has her heart broken? Does she get over it, or does she combine a religious text and YouTube to create the ultimate black magic spell? And then we finish off the week by traveling to Georgia to meet a young man working at a gas station late one night. He thinks it's just going to be an easy shift like all the others that have come before. Instead, he's going to have to fight for his life to take on a slime-filled woman crawling out of Georgia's sewer system today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have some fun plans for the weekend. This is a short week. We're only doing four episodes this week. But next week, we'll be back to our regular schedule. Someone who always is regular, I'm assuming. I'm assuming they don't have any bowel obstructions. Coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now is one of our newest Patreon supporters. Everyone on your feet. Give it up for Bull Weevil. Woo! Everyone, yeah, give a big round of applause. He's rolling on in. Isn't that like a hedgehog or something? Or it's either that. It's either a hedgehog or some sort of pestilent bug. Bull, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help. Spread the word about the show. That really, really, really helps out a lot. Talk about it online. Talk about it to your friends. Spreading the word of the show helps the show grow. Bull Weevil, whether you are fuzzy and cute or super disgusting with a thousand legs, let's go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. We're going to glide out of Dead Rabbit Command. We're flying all the way out to York University. <sighs> If you don't know, if you didn't if you didn't have Google to look that up, we're headed out to Toronto, Ontario. We're up in Canada. That's where York University is at. And we're walking around campus. We got on like our little backpacks. I'm cool, so I only have like it around one shoulder. <laughs> I'm having searing back pain, but it's okay. I look flippity flopping it. We're walking around campus playing a little frisbee golf, just enjoying the college lifestyle. And also attending this campus, maybe, this is really, right when I'm one sentence into the story, this is really where we get into a bunch of bizarre stuff. Possibly going to this campus a couple years ago was a young woman named Sarah Ali. Now, I got to give a shout out to a user online who goes by the name of Amdry. Amdry, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. I just found out about this yesterday. This is so weird. And already, pieces are starting to be removed from the internet. So now I'm going to put it in this podcast. Hopefully, this episode doesn't get removed. Let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. So Amdry, though, did a really good job of laying out this mystery. What happens is there is a YouTube channel that goes by the name Sarah Ali. And Sarah Ali posted two videos three years ago. And there's only two videos on the channel in this whole time. One is called Quran, as in the Muslim holy book. And the other one is called Quran for Sleep. And they both basically are the same thing. They are a long passage of the Quran. Specifically, it's a recording of the Surah al-Baqarah. The Surah al-Baqarah, which is the longest verse of the Quran. And it's something to fall asleep to. While I was researching this, they do this for Bible as well. 
Um, it's just so you can fall asleep to Bible verses and stuff. I'm assuming it's some of the good ones, like Proverbs, and it's not like, and David slew, David slew all of his enemies. He killed the babies because they were Philistines. I don't, I don't know if that part's in the sleeping part for the Bible, but it's something to fall asleep to. So these videos are both about three to four hours long, and it's just the recitation. Now, the one that I looked at the most was called Quran. There's the two, Quran for sleep, and the one titled Quran, but they both are the same thing. They're both something to listen to while you fall asleep. The one called Quran, it shows still photographs while this voice is reading this, these passages from the Quran, and the photographs of our two well-renowned Muslim clerics. They have nothing to do with this mystery. They have nothing to do with this mystery at all. Imagine you're going to go to sleep at night, you want to hear the Quran as you're sleeping, it's going to help put you to sleep, it's going to put peace in your heart, it's going to get you ready for the next day. You hit play and you start listening to it. And you can bear it, once you know something is up with this video, you pick up on it right away. But if you are just Googling, going to YouTube, and you're like, hey, I just kind of want to listen to something beautiful as I fall asleep, Something that sparks the divine light inside of me. I'm going to listen to the Quran. You just hit play. And you're probably asleep, you know, in a couple minutes. But Sarah Ali has laid a second audio track underneath this recital of the Quran, of the Surah al-Baqarah. Now, on the one titled Quran for Sleep, which had 6.5 million views until it was removed just yesterday. In three years, it racked up 6.5 million views, Quran for Sleep. You can barely tell anything is going on. But in the video known as Quran, which has a lot less views, it only had about 200,000 views. That one's still up right now. 200,000 views, and if you look at the YouTube comments, people are warning each other, don't listen to this video. There's something wrong with this video, and the reason why this one got less plays, and the reason why people were calling this out, is because in the video, known as the Quran, which again is like three to four hours long, the audio of the recital of the Surah Al-Baqarah drops out for a moment, and we clearly hear the reason why Sarah Ali posted these videos. This is insane. These videos are up for years. Quran for Sleep played 6.5 million times, and you can hear the background check, but you don't hear it drop out as drastically. Let me play for you what Sarah Ali... That might just be a pseudonym, right? But let me play for you right now what people heard when that audio... And this is like three hours into the video. This is quite a ways in. Here we go. My mind is blocking any unnecessary fears. My mind is releasing any unnecessary fears. Let me read it to you if you weren't able to catch that. Um, I'll read you some of it. It, it. First off, it starts by going, My mind is blocking any unnecessary fears. My mind is releasing any unnecessary fears. 
That's great, right? We don't. You shouldn't have unnecessary fears. Maybe and this was my first thing when I heard this. I go, my first thing when I heard this was that it's actually quite disturbing. But afterwards, I go, okay, let's be skeptical. Maybe she made these videos for herself, intended them to just be on a private channel, something to help her sleep, something to help her get over some things. Because earlier in the video, around an hour into it, we hear a voice say, "I can swallow pills easily. I can swallow pills like anybody." I overcome my fear from swallowing pills. I can swallow pills easily. I can swallow pills like anybody. I overcome my fear from swallowing pills. I can swallow pills easily. I can swallow pills like anybody. I overcome my fear from swallowing pills. I can swallow pills easily. I can swallow pills like anybody. I overcome my fear from swallowing pills. I can swallow pills easily. I can swallow pills like anybody. I overcome my fear from swallowing pills. I can swallow pills. And that says, I can swallow pills easily. I can swallow pills like anybody. Or, yeah. And I overcome my fear from swallowing pills. So it sounds like maybe she's trying to do some introspection, right? She, it might be that she's trying to self hypnotize or law of attraction this. And she takes the Quran, which she finds solace in, and she puts this underneath. But let's listen to the rest of this track the one that's really disturbing people so again i i cut it off after she says uh, my mind is blocking any unnecessary fears listen to this now My mind is blocking any unnecessary fears. My mind is releasing any unnecessary fears. Owen Brown gets dumped and ghosted by any woman he is talking to. Owen Brown gets dumped and ghosted by any woman he is dating. Owen Brown gets dumped and ghosted by any woman he is talking to. Owen Brown gets dumped and ghosted by any woman he is dating. Owen Brown gets dumped and ghosted by any woman he is talking to. Owen Brown gets dumped and ghosted by any woman he is dating. The relationship between Owen Brown and any woman he is talking to get destroyed. The relationship between Owen Brown and any woman he is dating gets destroyed. The relationship between A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen It's a spell. Right, I mean, I, law of attraction is one of those things that does kind of stand in between the world of magic and science. But, you know, there's always that big thing about law of attraction. It's attraction, right? You're trying to bring stuff to you. This is definitely going after somebody named Owen Brown. Owen Brown gets dumped and ghosted by any woman he is talking to. Owen Brown gets dumped and ghosted by any woman he is dating. The relationship between, and it goes on and on. And remember, we only know this is what she says here. Because this is what we can hear clearly. The rest of the video, it's three to four hours long. There's two different videos. One's four hours long, one's three hours long. What in the world is she saying the rest of the time? We do have a clip. I can actually tell you one other thing she says in this video. And this is why people have kind of started to piece things together. She says, this is four hours and seven minutes into the video, Quran. Oh, I'm not going to play it again. Owen Brown is spending the rest of his life with me. Owen Brown is coming back to York University for me. 
Owen Brown, listen to every word I say to him. Owen Brown, listen to every order I give to him. And people have started talking about this online. This really blew up recently on this Reddit thread that Omdri posted. Apparently, there was a woman by the name of Sarah Ali who was attending York University three years ago. I haven't been able to verify that. People have been like posting LinkedIn's and stuff like that, but I think someone said they got it wrong and they were trying to find another one. I can't verify that as a fact, but... Based on the fact that she's saying Owen Brown is coming back to York University for me, whether or not the I'm not gonna I'm not gonna include links to the LinkedIn stuff because I I'm not down with that type of stuff. We don't know, but um, by her own admission, she's saying that she's at York University. And this is the stuff we can hear. So you could say I I think I could see a benefit to somebody who takes a religious text they find a lot of peace in falling asleep to it. I can also see someone taking a religious, this might be a little more sacrilegious, but it's your personal communication, your personal link with God to taking a religious text that you find solace in and combining it with something like the law of attraction. You know, I could see that, but this is, this, there's no other way to think of this other than some sort of black magic spell. She's not, it's not that she's just asking Owen Brown to come back. He, she wants every relationship he's in not to work. So you are, you have that. You have someone spending four hours minimum, right, just getting the file together, casting this spell, and then remember these are the portions we can hear on the video that was only heard one hundred and fifteen thousand times on the video for Quran for sleep. You can hear a female automated voice playing underneath it. You just can't tell what she's saying. There's no, as far as I could tell, because now the video is gone. I think someone's trying to get the video back up. It may be back up by the time this is up because someone saved it. But I saved the audio. That's how I got this stuff. But for the video called the Quran. But unless there's that dramatic drop off, you can't really tell what it's saying. Imagine cast. This is fascinating. It's super sacrilegious, right? It's super sacrilegious. So we'll set that. Ob, that's obviously not what these holy texts were intended for. But on a on a on a parapsychological level, Sarah Ali or this person going by that name crafted a spell that was played minimum six point five million times. For hours and hours and hours. And really, with Law of Attraction, one of the most, really, people would argue, the most important time for a Law of Attraction is the moments before sleep. That is when the subconscious is the most ready to accept your impressions upon it. And that's what this does. But it not just does it to her. She's not just sneaking it in for Owen Brown. 6.5 million plays of people listening to this right before they fall to sleep. And really, four hours into their sleep, maybe with the headphones on, this voice talking, this voice cursing Owen Brown. I think it's a very, has a very, very, very low likelihood of a ARG. That's one of the things that I think you have to be aware of when you're a paranormal investigator, paranormal podcaster, YouTuber, whatever label you want to use. ARGs, while they are fun, are not good things to cover because they're just kind of, the ending's kind of like, oh, and a bunch of people made it up. I don't like, I, I, 
ARGs are very, very fun. I'm not knocking ARGs, but I don't cover them personally. I don't cover them. But there are people who do, and they get a lot of fun, and they have a lot of fun with them. But I don't think <laughs> I don't think the average ARG would take a holy text and wrap clues in it like that. Um, so I kind I did think that it could have been an ARG when I first saw the post. And, but once I started looking into it and watching the videos for myself and taking take you falling asleep, I'm like, I'll test this. Owen Brown, here comes another horrible relationship for you. Um, as I started looking at it, I go, it's most likely not an ARG. I think either she made it for herself and she didn't realize that you could private a video and she made it for herself to listen to, which still makes it a black magic spell, right? Law of attraction is to bring stuff to you. Once you start cursing other people, then it's a curse, right? But then you have to realize that Sarah Ali has 34,000 subscribers. So while she could have uploaded the videos for herself three years ago and not knowing that there was a private function to watch the video privately, I'm she would know that she, she would know that she had 34,000 subscribers. She would start to see the comments come through. She would start to be notified, hey, you reached this many. That's more, that's more subscribers than Dead Rabbit Radio's YouTube channel has. And I'm constantly getting little notifications and stuff like that when I hit these benchmarks. So if you and if you are subscribed to me on YouTube, I appreciate that. But if you're not, that's fine too. Most of the listeners are podcast listeners. But so I I think I thought maybe she meant for it to be private, but at this point she would know she should know that it's no longer private. So what it seems like is a spell that she meant to get out there, a spell that she was hoping millions of people would listen to and millions of people would play and millions of people would put that message out there and really hear that message in their sleep when we're the most vulnerable when they hear that sleep the pill popping thing you know and i was also a little cautious about the pill popping thing because on the one hand she might have a hard time swallowing pills i was not able to swallow pills until i started doing drugs in college, which my drug of choice, because I was a college student, I was doing a bunch of stuff, is this stuff called Mini Thins. It was pure ephedra. I could never, growing up, I could never take a Tylenol or an ibuprofen or nothing like that. But you got me a packet of Mini Thins from the gas station. I was working at the newspaper all night long. Uh, they, they stopped selling them over the counter because people easily turned them into meth. So you can no longer buy Mini Thins, or at least the ones we took. It was just taking pure ephedra but until i was in my 20s i couldn't swallow pills i go to the doctor and they would have to give me liquid medicine in like a unicorn shaped bottle because i couldn't actually take any pills painkillers either but yeah so i could see someone wanting to because it sucks right it's super embarrassing and medicine can be way more efficiently efficiently delivered in a pill form but yeah, I could see you're trying to get over the pill. But what if someone's like trying to like be like, oh, dude, I have like, I have this pill addiction. I need to stop taking pills. You know what? I'm going to work on that. That'll be something I work on. But while I'm working on that, while I'm awake, while I'm asleep, I'm going to listen to this video. And it says I can swallow pills easily. I overcame my fear from swallowing pills. So this is one of the problems with magic, right? Is it getting out there and getting loose? That's always been a thing when you talk about doing rituals, whether it's some goofy made up one, like one man hide and go seek, or it's something real where you're trying to bend the laws of reality by having a repeating verse go on and having a belief system go on in your head while you're sleeping. Owen Brown is going to have horrible relationships. Owen Brown is going to have horrible relationships. And then you play at 6.5 million times 
to a minimum of 34,000 people. Even if she was the only one listening to it for most of the time, she has 34,000 subscribers. It's insane. Um, you have to be careful of the rituals getting loose. The one man hide and go seek you're supposed to do in your house because if you take a doll and you, it's some dumb creepypasta, but basically you, you walk up to, you put your fingernails in a doll or fingernail clippings. Put down those pliers, guys. You don't need to pull off your whole fingernails. Put fingernail clippings and I think a drop of blood in a teddy bear. And you sew it up and you put it in your bathtub and then you find your... This is gone This is gone from talking about the Quran to a Japanese creepypasta. But you go into your bathroom and you touch the bear and go, you're it. And then you have to hide in your house and the teddy bear like follows you around. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, right? And so I'm super scared. I was like, oh no, I forgot I was playing One Man Hide and Go Seek. I thought I had to do this episode as this little doll is trying to get out of the bathroom. Um, you're not supposed to do it outdoors because apparently then the doll will just <laughs> ravage the city. So if you ever see like a doll like walking down the dark cities of Detroit one night, somebody didn't follow the rules. That doll is looking for some vengeance. But yeah, or this, right? You have to be careful of the rituals you put out there because if if she did not intend this to blow up, if she did not intend this to be repeated 6.5 million times, she failed miserably at that. And it has been played that many times. And who in the world is Owen Brown? I mean, for all we know, this guy, for all we know, it's you. Owen Brown's listening to this podcast right now. Um, York, York University diploma on the wall, and he can't realize why none of his relationships work. Well, it could be because a woman that you had a bad breakup with or you turned down on a date or whatever convinced millions of people to play a spell against you while they were sleeping. And it, it, this is insane. This is crazy. So what I'll say, let me wrap it up like this. I said one of the videos was already taken down. What happened apparently was the video Quran for Sleep got copyright striked by a group out of the United Kingdom. So, and... Um, Andre's been really good at updating the the Reddit about what's going on. They did a copyright strike against it. So that one's taken down. But the other one, Quran, with the obvious audio drops, so you can clearly hear what's saying, that one's still up. It's just an unintelligible audio track. And in the world of magic, in the world of curses and black magic, even an unintelligible noise underneath something else, that's good enough. Because you're getting the thoughts into the subconscious of someone listening to it while they're sleeping. Absolutely fascinating story. We'll see what happens. I these these videos have become so popular in the past 24 to 48 hours. I'll be surprised if anyone can get rid of them now. Like people, I've already saved a couple copies. As as now, the FBI is going to come after me. I've saved a couple copies of Quran that video um, just for research purposes. And I, I'm not going to re-upload the video itself, but, you know, we do have the video here. And fa just fascinating. Who knows? Maybe Owen Brown will come forward. Maybe Sarah Ali will come forward. We don't know. But if there are any major developments, we will circle back around. Because I've never seen black... I've seen people try... You Remember there was that weird thing? What was it? TikTok versus Trump or Twitter versus Twitter witches versus Trump or whatever it was. We've seen stuff like that. I've never seen something on this scale. I've, I've never come across something that's been able to hide for so long and be played so much. And it wasn't some viral moment. Like this was created by someone and did it serve its purpose? Did Owen Brown never have another 
happy relationship. Is Dude, what if Owen Brown right now, he is listening to this York University diploma on the wall, and he's married to Sarah Ali. And he's hearing this. Owen Brown, <laughs> Brown, if that is you and you can verify your identity, hit me up. We would love to interview you and your wife, Sarah. But hopefully, um, hopefully you are doing well, sir. Bull Weevil, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the Carbon Copter. We are leaving behind York University. I really do feel bad for this dude. I, that's a rough, that's rough. And you're just like, why are none of my relationships working? Well, as we're waving goodbye to a young man, just kind of having his hands in his pocket, walking around the grounds of York University, all sad. We got, we got a slimy story to cover. So let's leave, let's help. Owen Brown, get on the copter. We're going to hop in the carpenter copter. Bull Weevil, take us out of here. We're going to cheer this young man up as we fly all the way out to Georgia. Recently on the export, we talked about this earlier in the week, but there was a thread about Georgia spooky stories. Weird stuff that happened in the state of Georgia. We covered one, what was it, uh, two episodes ago about the car in the clearing. Really liked that one. Very, very good. We also talked briefly about the guy who was just making up stories, pretending he was X-Files meets Supernatural meets uh, Wasting My Time Man. As I'm trying to do research for a podcast, as he regaled us with the stories of a wasp with a slug body, haunted pirate swords. Uh, it was just too good to be true. Too good to be true. But anyways, I was able to find another really cool story to wrap up our Georgia week. That was the theme this week. You didn't know? Georgia Week. This story comes from a young man. We're going to call him Brent. If that's your real name, it's just the guess. I am not psychic. Brent works at a gas station somewhere in Georgia. He actually works the overnight shift, so if three cars drove by that one after another, it'd probably be one of his busiest nights. He worked the overnight shift at this gas station. He says, you know, for the most part, totally chill job. I, a lot of truckers would come through. And the way it was set up was just for safety, right? We're in the middle of Georgia. The front door was locked. And he goes, what I would do is when a trucker would come up, I'd put down my phone. I was mostly on my phone all the time. I'd go, I'd open the door, let the trucker in, and he'd pay for the gas, or he'd buy his munchies, whatever he needs. And sometimes I would help him do stuff. Sometimes I'd help him do stuff, <laughs> dispose of bodies. He's like, I got these oil drums with a family of four in them. Here's 20 bucks. No, he <laughs> did not implicate himself in any crimes. He was, he was pretty chill. He was either on his phone or briefly talking to a cross-country trucker driving through the area. But one night, he's on his phone. Yeah, high score. And then he looks outside. <laughs> Apparently, his phone is from the 1980s. It has Galaga on it. He turns and he looks outside. And he sees this old woman digging through the trash cans. Now, these are the trash cans. So, <laughs> let me give you a layout of American gas stations, if you don't know. You have the trash cans right next to the door, of, like the front door of the gas station. But then generally where you have the gas pumps, there's also trash there as well. So where she is at, she's not at like the front of the gas station. This is actually important. We do have to give this distance here. She's by the pumps where those garbage cans are. And she's kind of riffling through the garbage. Now Brent goes, listen, that's not new, right? We see a lot of people come through this area. It's not super out of the way, right? It's not next to the Okefenokee Swamp. There's no ghost pirates walking around with their made-up swords. 
he goes, you do get people coming through the area, homeless people, and they'll dig through the trash looking for cigarette butts. Getting, trying to get one or two last puffs off of that camel cigarette that some wayward traveler wasted. He's like, what? You wasted this? Ah, oh, delicious goodness. This <laughs> is all covered in motor oil. He explodes. Ah, it was worth it. People would go through the trash cans looking for their nicotine fix. So he has the perfect fix for this, right? He doesn't want this person here. He doesn't want this person going through the garbage can. Last week, a guy lit a cigarette covered in oil. Almost blew up the entire gas station. So the gas pumps here, and a lot of it, again, this is something that's pretty common in American gas stations. They have an intercom system. So the driver of the vehicle and the gas station attendant can talk to each other without actually having to meet each other. Because, heaven forbid, we actually have conversations of any meaning with our neighbors. Brent hits the intercom button. Hey, get go away. Get, get out of here. I don't know if he sounded like Beavis and or Butthead, but he told the lady to scram. Just get lost, right? I don't want you to go rifling through my trash, making a big old mess. And the intercom goes off, and the woman looks up, and she hears the intercom, right? And But she looks at the gas station. And it's probably separated by maybe, like, what would they normally be? Like, maybe 15, 20 feet? And it's not that big. She looks at the gas station. Now, it's one of those mini-mart-type things with the big, giant windows. And Brent can see out of the gas station. But because of the huge decals for, like, energy drinks and Slurpees or whatever it is, she can't see in. He can see her kind of looking around, trying to get a good view of him or whoever said that, right? She just got heard scram. <laughs> she thinks it might be the great Cornholio. He's looking at her, and she begins to walk towards the gas station. Specifically, she's headed right to the front door. Now, as she is moving towards him, he's able to kind of figure out more of what's going on. Because even though he can see out through the decals, it's still hard to see full detail when there's a giant slurpee in front of you. And she was far away. She was obscured by the gas pumps as well. As she's getting closer to the store, he realizes she's holding something metal. Doesn't know what it is. Doesn't even really venture a guess. But, <laughs> but late at night, anyone, anyone who's strange with any metal in their hands, right? Not good. Unless the leprechaun's there to give you some coins. Most likely it's a weapon of some sort. Whether it be a crowbar, a knife, or a handgun, you don't want to have any part of it. Luckily, you know, the doors are locked. He knows that she's not going to be able to get in. So she's walking towards her front door. I don't know if he was taunting her at this point. He's like, ha ah, ha try it. Try to use that metal against my glass. As she's walking towards the door, he knows that she can't get in. and. She realizes that quickly as well. She tries pulling the doors open, and they won't open. They're locked. Then she begins banging on the glass. She's banging on the glass with her hands, or plexiglass most likely. And she begins shouting at him in Spanish, but he says some of the curse words were in English. So it was mostly Spanish, but every so often there was an F word or a B word or whatever thrown in there. He has the upper ground, right? He's inside a locked building. He has phones. He has technology. He has unlimited slurpees. Nothing can stop him. He tells her, hey, get lost. Get out of here. Get out of here. Or I'm calling the cops. 
And when he makes that threat, she punches the glass door. But she's not she's not the Hulk. She punches the glass door. It just goes... Does that vibrate when you punch something that's a little too strong for you to actually penetrate. And then she runs off. She leaves the scene... In, in in quite a hurry, faster than you would think that a home faster than you would think a homeless woman carrying a metal something could run away. Now Brent is actually pretty smart. He's smarter than I would, because he waited an hour. He waited a full hour to make sure she had left. I probably would have went out right away. I probably would have been like, "Those are my cigarette butts. How dare she try to steal those from me?" And I'm all smoking them. I probably would have went out and checked earlier because I'm kind of dumb when it comes to stuff like this, right? He waits an hour, and his motivation isn't to go steal cigarette butts. He wants to see if she damaged the door when she punched it really hard. He wants to see if she scratched it or anything like that. And he goes out and he opens the door, and the first thing he notices is. All over the ground, right in front of the door, is green slime. He says that this slime looked like, he gives us a pretty vivid description. If you're eating green jello right now, stop. He says that it looked like if someone was eating green jello and began to vomit it all over the ground. So there's probably like chunks, chunks of green jello. There's also probably like a smear. This episode brought to you by Kraft or whoever makes this up. He's probably like a smear of it too. Very like, I imagine it to be like thick and sticky, but also you can see through it and they're just kind of like chunks of wobbly green things kind of poking out of this ooze. He says, that's what it looked like. He goes, it looks like someone threw up green jello all over the place. And that's bad, right? That's not good. But also, it's not just on the ground. It's all over the door as well. It's all over the handle. And he's saying, that's weird. Now, maybe I figured maybe I figured she had green jello and was falling out of her jacket or something like that. But I don't remember when she was banging on the door. I don't remember seeing green jello like it flung all over the place. And while he's looking at this disgusting mixture of fluids and solids... What he's really worried about, he's not really worried about how it came to be, the smell. The smell is, what's the, what's the, what is the, if, if something loud is deafening for your hearing, it's that, but nose related. I'm sure there's a word for it. Overpowering is probably the word for it. His nostrils immediately are engulfed with the smell of rotting animal flesh and burnt rubber. A, a smell that is so natural and a smell that is so of the modern world colliding together. So he figures, I'm going to have to clean this up later. Like, I'm going to have to get, like, some gloves and a hazmat suit and a new job and just quit this one. Because I'm going to have to clean this up later because this is super disgusting and super smelly. I'm not ready to do this yet. So he goes back into the gas station, locks the door. And a short time later, like a couple minutes later, a car pulls up. And he's like, great, oh, man. Now I'm going to have to explain what this smell is and why I didn't clean it up and all this stuff. And the customer's walking up to the front door. And Brent opens the door to let him in. And as the dude's walking inside, Brent goes, hey, listen, I know. I, I'm so sorry about that. So sorry about that mess out there. It's, I, it's super gross. But I'll, I'll get it in a second. And he says, the customer looked at me like I was the biggest idiot in the world. Like, he, the customer was like, he didn't say this, 
But he got the impression the customer's thinking, what mess? What are you talking about? The customer goes about his business. And as Brent is taking him back out of the store because he has to lock the front door again. Opens the door up. The slime is gone. It's all gone. The next day, Brent brings us up to his manager. The next day, he goes, hey, man, you won't believe what happened. This woman came. This crazy homeless lady. I'm sure that part you believe. That happens all the time. But crazy homeless lady came, told her to get lost. She's banging on the door. And then all of a sudden, she left this green slime everywhere. It's super stinky. It's kind of freaked me out because it just disappeared at a certain point. And he says the manager looked him dead in the eyes and said, quote, next time, you should mind your own business. To which I, Brent doesn't say what his reply was, but technically it was his business. He was literally in a business. But he kind of just let it drop. He didn't understand why his manager had that reaction. And Brent says, to wrap this story up, one day he mentioned this story to a friend of his. This is a story you would want to tell people because it's just so weird. The friend who actually works for the city, we don't know what city this is, but Brent says, in the city they're at, his friend goes, you want to know it's weird? Like, yeah, that's weird, but I have a story. I'm a one-upper. I have a story weirder than that. Every so often, we hear from people working in the municipal district and the sewage, you know, sewage workers and stuff like that. He goes, they'll be down there And this happens all the time. The walls will be coated with green slime. Something down there is oozing its way around the city. And to wrap all of this up, right? To wrap all of this up, Brent says, to this day, When he shows up to work, when he walks up to that front door, to this day, he can still smell the slime. I love, we don't get enough of these. I love urban, not, I love urban legends, but I love when the urban world collides with the supernatural. It's really cool and it's an underrated. I'm sure it happens way more often. We've covered homeless shapeshifters and we covered that predator, that giant who was in the the subway system hunting humans. I'll try to find those episodes for the show notes. The older episodes, sometimes those little stories are hard to find, but it's it's the perfect hunting ground for a cryptid, the, the cities. Because people go missing all the time. Chicago has a really big problem with, <laughs> they have a really big problem with a lot of stuff, but one of the problems cryptid-related is there is a winged creature. We covered that. I'll find that episode. This winged creature stalking Chicago. It's been sighted so many times. This uh, Batman of Chicago. <laughs> Not literally the Batman. I would move to Chicago if Batman was there. But I, <laughs> I'd become a criminal. But uh, there's some sort of gargoyle-esque winged creature flying around Chicago. I mean, there's been sightings of it for years. It's not like some old, old legend. I mean, like years as in the past 10 years. So I love the idea. And when you have a gas station, those those also live in those weird spaces in between the urban and the suburban. Gas stations always seem to be, even when the gas station in a city, it seems to almost have its own atmosphere. Little gas stations, little mini-marts seem to have their own ecosystem. And when you have this cryptid or this 
whatever this was, right? I, I think more of cryptid. Originally, I was thinking it could be some sort of demon, some sort of cursed spirit or cursed person. But the fact that it's leaving residue in the sewer system starts to give it a feeling that it's part of the ecosystem. Demons don't really recycle their cans, right? Demons aren't looking for cigarette butts, but someone who was in between a cryptid and a human, they're not worried about fighting the eternal battle for their soul. They're a cryptid. The cryptids, I think, do exist in a, some sort of biological reality versus a ghost or an alien. Aliens, but they're from another planet. You know what I mean? My point is, is that I think that's what I would classify this story. If this story's true, right? This story could be totally made up. But... If the story is true, that's what I would classify it as, as a cryptid that, again, is savvy enough to disguise itself as someone who, for the most part, is ignored. Homeless people are completely invisible, for the most part, unless there's too many of them, unless the crime rate gets too high, unless they're screaming right in your face. Other than that, they can exist right next to you and you would never know. We've learned to just ignore them. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting story. But we're going to put a Dead Rabbit Radio twist on it to wrap this up. The problem with cryptids are that they don't procreate. We hear stories about fairies stealing human babies. And that's how they keep their race going. Or they drop off their changeling and it's raised by human people. But cryptid procreation is not a well-studied thing. Do chupacabras lay eggs? What's the infant mortality rate of a unicorn? Like, these things aren't really well known. So, I, I one thing we've talked a lot about Bigfoot is... One of my fascinating theories about Bigfoot is that you can become a Bigfoot. We've had stories of people turning into Bigfoot. I'm, I'm going to have to find so many episodes for the, show no, for the show notes for this one, but people turning into Bigfoots and then Bigfoots wearing remnants of human clothing. So I've always thought, I don't think Bigfoots are actually, they have a biological life cycle. I think people can turn into Bigfoots against their will, almost like a werewolf. So I'm a little concerned for Brent because the fact that he's the only one who saw this slime and to this day, he can smell the slime, along with his boss's admonishment. Is that a word? <laughs> I'm not going to edit it out. I'm sure it's fine. To say, you should mind your own business. What if this is the life cycle of this cryptid? They go about their business, but when somebody gets in their way, they slime them. And now that essence is slowly taking over Brent. Like, he may not have physically seen the slime enter on him, but no one was able to physically see the slime in that area where she left it. But he does, and to this day, he still smells the slime. It's still part of his reality. It's actually breaking his reality, because he shouldn't smell anything. And nobody else smells anything, just him. So right now, he's smelling the slime, but what happens when a year or two from now, he begins to find it leaking? begins to find little pieces of slime around his bedroom <laughs> wakes up in the middle of the night he's like what that's weird why do i feel something cold between my butt cheeks he gets up out of bed a little piece of <laughs> that'd be the most startling thing ever 
If you got up out of bed one night and in between your butt cheeks was a giant piece of green jello oozing out. <laughs> I would go to the hospital. I, w- I haven't had green jello since I was six, and I might not have even eaten it then. Green stuff is gross, but um, dude, <laughs> I immediately called 911. I was like, dude, you got to get me up to the hospital. Green jello just came out of my butt, and I don't know why. But he just, <laughs> he's just like, oh, whatever, I'll deal with it. Then he's taking a shower. He's all washing his hair, and he doesn't realize that green jello's coming out of his pores in the back of his head or maybe he doesn't care maybe he's becoming more jello than man at this point and then one day he just doesn't show up to work and you know the boss goes young kid college kid whatever he's probably off he's probably off casting spells against somebody He'll be back. He'll be back. Then another weekend comes around and Brent's still not at work. And the boss gets more concerned. Can't get a hold of him. Friends don't know where Brent is. And then another week passes. Missing persons report file. (laughs) They probably did that earlier. But my point is, is that time is passing and people are worried about Brent. And he's never seen again. But the manager of that gas station that sits on the edge of town, he has a theory. One that he would never state publicly. Because this isn't the first time he's had an employee just quit. Supposedly leave town, never to be seen again. It's not the first time. He's had it happen many times before over the years. There are always young people, and police know that young people just leave town. Try to find themselves in another city. But the manager, he knows better. Every time before one of his employees goes missing... They say they have a run-in with somebody oozing out green slime. The first couple times, manager didn't put two and two together, but Brent is the sixth guy this has happened to, the ninth. Who knows? I've lost count. The manager just tries to forget about it. Maybe he's wrong. He has no proof. Maybe these are young people just dropping out of college and finding themselves by traveling the country. Maybe there is no connection to these people that they always say are coming to the gas station late at night, dripping green slime at the front door. The manager, he doesn't know for sure, and he never will. He'll never look into it. The manager will be sure that he will never work the night shift. The manager will be sure he will always find a new employee. And most of all, the manager will be sure that he just won't ask too many questions. And he won't offer too many answers. The manager knows one thing above all. He knows how to mind his own business. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. <laughs> Dead Rabbit Radio. I love this show, guys. I love that you guys love the show. I'm so glad to be back. Dead Rabbit Radio. Uh, where we, oh, Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll back to five episodes next week.